Welcome to the Bourbon and Browns podcast, where the size of the fish doesn't matter, but the amount of bourbon left in your flask does. Join us as we talk life, fishing, and everything in between with your hosts, Justin and Bryce. Hey, what's going on, everybody? So, I uh, got Justin, uh, as always. It's going to be a, a Justin and Bryce uh, catch-up fest. Yeah, you're here, fucking stuck uh, with for us. The, for the ninth uh, podcast here on Bourbon and Browns. So, that's exciting. We haven't done a podcast in a couple weeks. Yeah, we're almost and in double digits, at least. Yeah, we're almost in double digits, and we certainly needed uh, the time off because our lives have been... A little hectic, to say the least. Yeah, it's it's been an interesting couple of weeks. As like, I th- I think it's been the norm for, <laughs> for the last like two months, man. It's been like a pretty wild. Uh, I know, sadly, it summer. is becoming normal, and I don't like it. Yeah, adulting sucks. But, yeah, adulting really does suck. Um, and this this is a great uh great example of of like you know our origin really because I know in like episode one we really talked about the fact that we are the you know epitome of weekend warriors um we get out you know when we can but it's sometimes it's it's not a lot and that's just the reality of what we do right so i think a lot of people can relate and that's the fun part is life just speeds up you know and you, and you don't expect it and then you know before you know it you haven't fished in like 3 weeks and you're and you're dying inside yeah, it's it, it's kind of weird. I mean, at least for me, um, I've noticed that I'll go. You know, I'll have I'll have stretches like last year, for example, um, leading up to uh, one of our trips. I mean, I was out fishing every weekend. Um, I felt like I had a pretty good grasp on on life as a whole. Um, and then, you know, you get to uh, I'd say probably about June of this year, and it just felt like you know I, I had to you know, punch a, punch a nun in the face, you know, like mother Teresa and just like slap her around just to get out in the water for like an hour. Um, and it was pretty tough and it's been tough. Uh, you know, I got out, I got out dove hunting for a little bit on Saturday. Um, didn't get out on the water, but you know, it's like, I got to seriously fight tooth and nail to get out. And I'm sure everybody like, you know, can kind of relate to that where it's, you just got to juggle life and family and friends and, all the shit you got going on just to get out and do what you want to do. So yeah, it's been, been one of those, uh, one of those stretches right now, but hopefully it eases off in the fall and hopefully my fucking house stops flooding. <laughs> I don't have to worry about that either. Yeah. No kidding. I could go fishing there so, for fucking turds. As you all, yeah. As, <laughs> as you all know, Justin moved into his new house and he has been busy and, Maybe not in a good, in a good sense, but that's that's hey, sometimes that's how the cards fall. Yeah, I mean it's it's about being a homeowner. Uh, it's about being you gotta an adult. be resilient. Um, and then I mean you know me, I'm I'm hard headed and um, I don't like asking no. for help, so I try and do a lot of it on my own and end up uh, dicking things up even more. But hey, yeah, maybe causing more uh, more harm than than if you just called the the person that's qualified yeah exactly i mean i i do the same thing so yeah. don't feel bad like i've probably got about a hundred dollars worth of plumbing gear stashed away oh, yeah. downstairs you're like that, uh 
You're like one cert away from being a certified plumber in the state of Pennsylvania, I'm sure. I I, I wish. I wish I was. I'm more you like gotta get uh, a snapshot of that plumber's crack when you're working downstairs, and we'll post it on the uh, on the website. That's about the only thing I have qualified out of being a plumber. <laughs> Classic. Yeah, that's about it, man. I can I can rock the plumber's crack, and that's about it. Yeah, that's uh, that's definitely uh, that's important to have if you're a plumber, because. I don't take you seriously unless you got a good plumber's crack. I'm like, this guy knows what he's doing. Yeah. I mean, it's like being a hipster and not having like a a beard and overalls or some shit. You know, you need it. And like a, yeah, a good a IPA like you. It's like a loser. farmer without a tractor. <laughs> it just doesn't make sense. I prefer my hipster analogy a little bit better. Than yeah, the one. hipster one's yeah. good. Yeah. Just kind of sucked. We'll roll with that. Not going to lie. Yeah, it did. Yeah. Speaking of beer, so... Hmm. I'm a product of my upbringing. Okay. Do you tell? I gave in and I got myself a Labatt's keg. Oh my yeah. God. So my All stepdad right, and has rubbed off on me. Justin could have chosen any tap, literally, in America. I mean, you're talking hundreds of thousands of beers to choose from that are qual- that are quality beers. And he More chooses. importantly, quality American beers. Quality American beers, which this is not no. a quality it's, American it's beer. It's fucking called Labatt's. And it's it, Canadian. It sounds French, to be honest it's with you. It's from Canada. Well, because they are French up there. There's a lot of French. Yeah, no, I know. That's what I'm saying. Oh, okay, yeah. I was and like, I'm, not, I'm not knocking the French. I mean, I'm just saying they're you know known for their wine, right? They're known for their wine, but... Um, Call me crazy, but you seem to love their beer. I, I do love their beer. It it really does go I've down. I've never easy. had a Labatt's. I mean, it's not good. It's not drinkable. But it's, it's fun. It's not drinkable. <laughs> it goes okay. down easy. Goes down easy. Yeah. That's, that's important. That's about it. Like you, you can Especially when it. the Eagles are losing, you know, to the Bucks. Yeah. I'd be down uh, in, I'd be down about six Labatt's. Lots of Labatt's were drunk yesterday by about four hey. o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> yeah, but at least on the horizon, I believe uh, Wentz, right? A couple weeks, maybe. He should be back on the field. So that's something to look forward to for you guys. Yeah, Carson's back. I, I thought uh, I thought we were going to get Josh Gordon today, um, which would have helped. Yeah, our, uh, he went to the Pats, but... Yeah, the Pats. I don't I don't like it because there's just two... So I had him on my fantasy team. Well, I had the option to keep him this year. It was an auction draft. He was going to cost me like 20 bucks, And I was like, nope. I was like, he's too much trouble, man. Like, he's an athlete, but he's, you know, he's always got something going on, whether it's drugs, attitude, you know, I mean, you name it. The dude's just a problem child. And I find it hard that Bill was willing to bring him on, you know, because he's, he's really big on, like, you know, the way the way you handle yourself, um, not only on the field, but, you know, representing the organization, um, you know, of the Patriots. I just don't, I don't see that as a good fit. I mean, Brady needs it, but... Yeah, yeah that, that's just my I, I see my him, two cents. I see him like putting up with him for a little bit, maybe like a season, uh, if that. But he also got the option, should he only um, be active for like, I think it's less than 10 games, the Patriots get a, a late, I think, I want to say fifth round pick. Okay, like so it's almost like a protection yeah, clause. Yeah, so there's, there's a okay. bonus to letting Josh Gordon go. Okay. From the I Patriots. See. You know, if they run into So anything happens, them, they let him slide, you know, they let him go they and they really benefit from, from it. Yeah. You know? Okay. 
That makes but, that makes sense. I was like, Bill's got to have something in on yeah, this. Yeah. Because that just seems way too risky. I mean, I figured, you know, like, problem child wide receiver right up the Philly, you know, right up the Eagles alley, you know? <laughs> right up. Yeah, bring him yeah, on, boys. That's exactly what we need. But. Yeah. Yeah, man, I, I, don't, I don't know what the Eagles are going to do. Like, their offense just looked neutered. I mean, Nick Foles, he, he has, like, decent stats, but you have to watch him play to realize just how poorly that offense moves the ball. You know, there's just no threat to that offense whatsoever. No. And the defense, I mean, anytime you got a defense on the field for, you know, 75% of the game, I mean, you're just, they're, they're going to get worn down, you know. So. Yeah, those guys can't they can't maintain that. Yeah. You got to keep the defense off the field. That's I don't care how many points you score, like it's going to be a shootout if if you can't you can't get your uh, you can't get any pressure, you know, on uh Fitz Magic. Yeah. Uh you mean Connor McGregor? Yeah, Connor McGregor. 1.5. One, 1. Yeah, he stole Deshaun Jackson's suit cuz he's a Dude, How funny was that? I saw that on Sports Center and I was like I was like what? The yeah. And then I realized there was a bet and he like took his stuff and I was like okay, that's funny. Yeah, like, I mean, that's I mean he's good team He's a good dude. I mean, don't get me wrong. He is. He's he's funny and I think that's what's working for him right now in the clubhouse, you know, like I know Jameis is only out for his three games. He'll be back in a game. Um but I think they just keep rolling with uh with Fitzy. Yeah, I hope and, they do. Uh, and ride it as long as they can. Dude's just having a good time, man. He's a perennial yeah, backup. Yeah, he he's just loving it. Because it, I mean, it'll it. end, inevitably. Yep. You know, his success is not going to continue for forever. But, hey, nah, if I you're mean, a Bucks fan, it's a good time to be a Bucks yeah. fan. I mean, seven, seven, eight weeks down and the line, he'll fine. throw, like, you know, 15 interceptions in a game, and we'll be back to, yeah, but, you know, I mean, back geez, to the new normal. Point, yeah. But then it'll be Fitz Tragic, not Fitz Magic. Ooh, Fitz Tragic. I yeah, like trending it. down. Look at you. You're a wordsmith. Yeah, like, I'm a wordsmith, kind of like uh oh yeah uh yeah a wordsmith. I carry a a dictionary around with me, you know. Being a no, I'm kidding. Where I'm, where are you going with this one, Bryce? My where are you my going vocab is is trash. Like, I probably have the the vocabulary of like a ten year old. See, I can I can cuss like a ten year old, which is like pretty creative. No, you can cuss like a sailor. Yeah, it's pretty from creative. Sixteen like hundreds. Yeah, I enjoy it. <laughs> It's tough. It's tough at work because I gotta like you know watch myself. Yeah. But. Yeah, I know. Yeah, because like, you went from obviously being in the military where cursing is almost acceptable at any at any and all situations, and then you go to corporate America, you know per se, and now you gotta be, you gotta mind your manners yeah. in the in the workplace. I gotta be very, very creative with my vocabulary now, which is kind of yeah. fun. Yeah, I can see that being a fun yeah. time. It's like I get to entertain myself while I uh, talk to clients and negotiate, which yeah, is right up my negotiation. alley. Oh, yeah, I'm a savage, man. I'm I'm savage the, over email. Yeah, I'm sure it's you like are a bu- savage. Like a bunch You're of stuff crafty. is like done over email. Yeah, so mm-hmm. um, we, we like, we're working from the field a lot of times in in the industry I work in, so a lot of our stuff is done over email. Um, where people don't, you know, don't get back to you for a couple hours, whatever. So you got to be like really, really crafty with the way that you word stuff because we'll use emails to uh, back up, you know, things if it comes down to, you know, like a, a disagreement, right? So I've not to toot my own horn, but I've gotten pretty good at it. But what I'm getting at, I'm pretty crafty with my emails. Yeah, that's a. Uh 
So, I mean, just speaking from the military side of the house, you know, like uh, everything's always so formal. It's like, you know, sir, ma'am, or it's like all con, you know, all considered. It's just, it's always so formal. And like, I do love those emails, like from people that's just like, just off the hook. And I'm like, I love this. <laughs> like it just, it fires you up, you know, cause you're sitting there jamming through emails. Like nobody likes doing that. Like, oh fuck, I got another email. But if you use a little humor and you can kind of liven it up, like people respond to that, you know, especially like you said, if it's witty or. Or something like that. So. I think. I think. Personally. This is just me. But I think that your skills. In your job. And your craftiness. In your emails. Comes from. An app. On your phone. What are you, what are you talking about? That you've used. Pretty effectively. In the past. Because you have to be crafty on that site. Because there's just. You know. So many people. On that side. Are you talking about my Tinder game right now? No, not Tinder. Yes, Tinder. Yeah, because my my Tinder game is pretty strong. You're, I'm not gonna lie. It's pretty. It's been pretty weak, but you <laughs> have had instances of you Fla- know boomer boomer bust. Flashes your boom of is high, but your bus is also high. Now, I've I've sh- yeah I've shown you some of them. You're like Deshaun funny. Jackson. You're a deep threat. You know, some weeks you're you're just catching bombs, and some weeks you just can't buy a catch. I don't know what that know? says about me, but. <laughs> Thanks for uh, thanks for airing that out for everyone to hear. No, no, I'm I appreciate no, that. You, I, I think it's funny because because you do have to be witty on there too. It, it all trans it, tra- it all transfers over. Oh yeah, I mean, and that's just your personality. I'll get like a couple beers in me, right? Oh yeah, and it just starts flowing, and the shit oh, that yeah. comes like out of my mind onto the keyboard on my little phone through Tinder is just. I mean, some of it's pretty good. Like, I wish I could save some of it and just be like, wow, I can't believe I fucking came up with that bullshit. Like, she's got to think I'm fucking crazy. You know, but, I mean, sometimes it sometimes it works out. More often yeah, than not, it doesn't. sometimes you need a little. You know, but. Yeah, more often than not, but hey. As long as you're batting over 300, that's that's a Hall yeah, of Fame. Yeah, I don't know about that. So. I'm bat- I'm, <laughs> I'm probably batting about uh, point oh A buck uh, 50. Yeah, I'm like Tim <laughs> oh, Tebow. Wow. Tim Debo playing You're for the fucking, ERA uh, numbers. yeah, the Richland River Rats numbers. or whatever the hell it was. I love it. Fucking single yeah, A the ball. River Rats. Yeah, single A. Yeah. Just just whiffing. Yeah, there's a lot of whiffs. There is a lot of swings and misses, you know. Not a lot of home runs. Yeah. Well, in, on a positive note, I am glad that you're in PA and not down in Carolina. Yeah, thanks for changing the subject. By the way, appreciate that. Yeah, you guys get, get a little embarrassed. Is that I? I don't know if Columbia was getting a whole lot from that storm, but I know um, like Raleigh and obviously Charleston. I think right, all those areas got hit pretty hard. Yeah. I, um. So the day before it, um, it was supposed to hit, make landfall. It kind of shifted north again, and I think I think the Charleston area was okay. Um, most of it was like Myrtle Beach. Um. What is it? Uh, Tattersail Island, I think. I don't know. Like uh, Wilmington, North Carolina was like the center. Um, only reason I know is because I was actually supposed to go down there um, and work on the infrastructure that got destroyed. Um, oh, wow. Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm actually still kind of on the uh, on call for that. I'm not sure if they're going to release us or not to go down and work on it. Um, I know it's like some of our crews have already gone down. Um, but, I'm, you know, I've, I've got I've got really two three crews that you know kind of um i work with and you know they haven't been released yet so just waiting to see but you know i remember he's actually one of my 
one of my favorite um, weekends of all time. I think it's probably the most, the best weekend I've ever had. Um, it was two years ago or maybe three now. No, I think it was two years ago. Cause my daughter was maybe like five or six months old. Um, and it was, I can't remember the name of the hurricane, but it was over Labor Day weekend that it was hitting. And they like evacuated Charleston, evacuated like, you know, all this, like Lejeune, they evacuated Bragg, like all the, all the places on the, on the coast. And, um, I took a, I took a four day pass and we jetted up to the, uh, the Smokies to Cherokee. Um, I was with my, um, unfortunately my now ex-wife and my daughter and her parents actually came down, met us down there at a little campsite in Cherokee that was right on, uh, I think it was the Raven Fork. Yeah, it's the Raven yeah. Fork. That's a great, uh, that's a great body, uh, great river. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was fantastic, man. I mean, we didn't get any rain. It was, you know, probably about 50 degrees, 55 throughout the day. And like, you know, I mean, it was just an awesome weekend. One of my best memories. And like, I had my, I had my, you know, father-in-law at the time out on the water and he caught, he caught his first like rainbow, which is like a 16 inch rainbow, really good fish. And uh, he ended up catching like three or four more. And I mean, it was a really awesome, awesome trip, man. I mean, got to take my daughter out in the water and I think I've shown you pictures of it. Uh, I mean, she's just a little like a little nugget, you know, and I'm just holding yeah. her in the water. I mean, not in the water because it's cold, but like she's all bundled up and, you know, we got some pictures and, you know, she's just out there like just mesmerized by this running water. And I mean, it was awesome weekend, but. Um, what made me think about it was, you know, it, it just seems like every year now, right around Labor Day, um, hurricane season just getting worse and worse and it blowing does, the coast sadly. up. But. Yeah, that's one of the things, um, you know, I enjoyed, I enjoyed New Orleans so much. Um, great city, great people, great food. Uh, I, I had a great time and just being out in the marsh and, you know, just experiencing all that it has to offer. It makes you want to like be close, you know, to that and, and have that kind of at your fingertips. But, you know, you look at it from the, the, the potential catastrophic side of things, um, you know, in that it's very plausible that they have, you know, another huge hurricane that, you know, could potentially wipe out everything again you just never know and that's i mean obviously have insurance and stuff like that but that's hard to recover from you know that's not just it takes so long to recover from something like that so it's it just seems like anywhere on the coast nowadays you're you're taking a huge risk uh especially with the frequency of the hurricanes yeah i think uh i was reading i can't remember the i don't know if it was hurricane hugo or um what hurricane it was but this was you know back in uh i think either the eighties or nineties. Um, and they were talking about like destructive power of that hurricane on the North Carolina coast and what it did to it. Um, and you realize that since then they've had like a, I don't know, 250% increase in population size in that area, you know? So it's like, I mean, it's, it's scary when you think about the destructive power of nature and what it does, what it can do to, you know, humans as a whole. I mean, you don't, it's the little things you don't even think about. Like, um, you know, if, if my grandmother, um, who's in the hospital right now, you know, she's in, she's in hospice, she's on in, you know, all kinds of machines and shit. If that power goes out and the generators go out, 
you know, she's dead, you know, and it's like that for a lot of people, um, especially in this day and age where, you know, health is, you know, on the decline. We have a large population of like older folks and, you know, it's like you don't even think about that. You know, you think about surviving the storm surge and, you know, surviving the winds and trees falling in your house and shit. And then you're like, oh, well, we've got, you know, a thousand power lines down across, you know, the state and it's going to take weeks to restore power. And it's like, how do people survive, you know? Um, yeah, they were saying what, like mil- like millions of people were without power, right? Because of the storm. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, that's some people just don't. Like if power went out, you know, I'd probably be all right, just because. Yeah, you're you're a healthy up, adult you know? male. Um, you know, like well, I'm, yeah, and then I, you know, military, like I have stuff that I can, I can get by, you know, mm-hmm. probably without, uh, you know, running water and you know potentially electricity in the house, yada yada. Uh, but for a lot of people that are in, in you know, the inner city people, I I bet that's, you know, almost the end of the world for them yeah essentially i mean a lot of people don't that's tough they don't realize just how much work and effort goes into getting them basic necessities you know i mean it takes yeah i have i have a very good crew that you know can just like just knows electricity inside and out man they can operate any vehicle in our fleet at a second you know at a, a minute's notice they can get shit done um and it's still it takes them a day to swap out like a, a big transmission line, you know, like a pole, a single pole, you know, and you might have a pole every, um, every couple hundred yards, if not closer, you know, it's some, in some instances. So, um, for them to restore power, you know, and I'm sure it's the same for, um, under, you know, underground lines on sewage, um, underground electricity lines, substations, um, running water i mean it's just you know it's 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 crazy to think about just how much goes into it you know all this specialized shit just so you can have running water um you know a toilet that flushes and you know power um don't really think about it no it is uh uh, get out a lot of people have never they've never had to deal with that you know like i know you were deployed for for a while and then obviously you know i went to uh, afghanistan as well and it, it puts things in perspective. I, I can't say enough about how much it makes you grow as a person and how much it makes you appreciate the things that we have here in this country. It's 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 mind-blowing, you know, th- like you said, the basic necessities, like not having to use a bottle of water to brush your teeth because oh my God, yeah. the water isn't sanitary. Not having water and not being able to take a shower for four days or five days or more. Uh you know, you have to wear flip-flops in the shower because it's, again, you know, it's not sanitary. It's okay to shower with, but that's it, you know. Like, it's not potable water. And I just, you know, eating the same thing every single day, sleeping on basically a thin mattress with a board, uh, I, you know, living in a little box, essentially. It's just, it's amazing how much you appreciate everything. And, I like, every day I'm just like, oh, my God, carpet, you know, like to take my flip-flops off and put my feet on the carpet. I'm sure I'm sure you know what I'm talking oh, about. Oh, yeah. Just, I mean, it's just like the greatest feeling ever because, you know, there's no grass. There's no there's no nothing. It's just desolate, you know. And I, I that's, that's just an example, obviously. But 
a lot of people have never experienced that. So the first time that they have nothing, they're like, oh, my God, what do I do? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just super overwhelming, which is not any fault of their own. You know, just, I mean, different experiences prepared you or didn't prepare you. Bottom line. I mean, I, I think I've told you the story. I mean, um, I don't know if I have. I, so, I mean, it was like my, my second day in country. Um, I flew down to, to Kandahar and like I was there for maybe six hours and they flew me out to uh, um, this fob that was like to the northeast of Kandahar by about 70, 80 K. Um, and like within the first, I don't know, 48 hours I was there, um, I shit myself. <laughs> I literally just like, like I, my my stomach was just so like, you know, churned up from, you know, stress and being scared and eating like shit and, you know, just really like being in like a whole new environment um, and a whole, whole new set of stressors that I've never experienced before. Um, you know, like <laughs> can shit myself, um, which sucked because I only have one pair of pants, you know? Um, so it's like until you spent like two weeks out in 110 degree weather in the desert, and with shit, with, in, with your like pants. shit in your pants <laughs> it's like no seriously it's a whole yeah, yeah i mean right. i mean that's the type of shit that's like you know pun intended normally you'd be like oh i'm gonna go use my washer yeah you it's know? like you didn't have a fucking washer you don't have like, it you either wash it yeah you don't have you get it a box like, and you put some plastic in it and you let it warm up from the sun you put a little soap in there and that's yeah. your washer I mean, if you want to you want to go to the bathroom you got to like take a patrol out because you know there's like yeah you dig a hole take a shit and bury it yeah you know? so i mean or it's, don't bury it it's, it, it's really stuff like deal. that it's just it's a new a whole whole new perspective and you know i'll tell i'll tell this story too just because it's you know again one of my favorite memories um you know we were coming back so we were redeploying and uh we took off from Kuwait and we were originally supposed to fly straight into Ireland or Ger- I think it might've been Germany. Um, yeah. you know, pick up our flight from Germany back to Baltimore and back to Fort Campbell. And, uh, our plane ended up like, I, I think a part broke off when we, when we took off or, you know, something happened with like the, the civilian plane we were on where they had to reroute us to Romania. Um, it's like this little shit shipbird airport in Romania um, and we get off, and it's sunny, 65 degrees. There's, like, trees and grass and dogs and cats running around. And, like, I mean, there's, like, you know, I mean, just normal people just living their life. And, I mean, it was just the most surreal experience just being, like, holy shit, there's a tree. There's It's almost grass. out of body. Yeah, it's, like, it was, I mean, you just want to, like, sit down and just like just and just rub soak the grass it all with in your hand yeah. that's what i did i just sat on the curb and i literally just brushed my hand over the grass it had kind of just rained and it was morning and like i was surrounded by pine trees and i just yeah you know just so took wild. a deep breath and i'm just like oh my god like i'm alive again yeah. it's it's almost like being aw- awakened from the dead it's it's the weirdest yeah. weirdest feeling you, so I, f- I i definitely know what you're saying yeah i mean i i definitely you know i definitely take it for granted too you know i gotta mm-hmm. be honest with you like, it's easy to do it, it's very easy to take it for granted but i mean one of the good things is you know at least from my military service and i'm sure from yours too it's like no matter what happens it's like it's all it always could be worse you it know? always can it, it yep. could always be worse um and i think that's a it, it's a it's a good perspective you know I'm, I'm happy that i have that experience and that perspective now for that because you, you can go back you know you can go back and think about it when you're really you know you're really having a rough patch or you know any anything really you name it 
you can look back and be like, you know, you can always find a positive in a situation. Always. There's always a positive. I mean, it's hard to do to bring yourself to find the positive, right? But, I mean, what choice do you have? Either yeah, uh, be miserable I or, mean, or find the positive. We've, we've discussed, I mean, we kind of, we've discussed that last night, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've been having the, having a rough time just dealing with, uh, you know, just, I don't want to say the transition. Um, you know, I still am young out of the army, uh, like wet behind the ears out of the army back into being like a civilian professional. Um, so I'm still kind of, you know, transitioning in that sense, but, uh, more so just, you know, when it rains, it pours and when something bad happens, it always seems like, you know, something else is happening and then you you start rushing trying to get stuff done because you've got so much shit to do and you fuck it up and you just have to keep dealing with it instead of just fixing it, you know, on the spot. And, um, you know, I, you just have to, like, look at the positives, you know, um, and there are positives. Yeah, there, there's some positives out there. For example, I still have my fucking hilarious sense of humor. You do. Yeah, the Tinder game's not strong right now, you know. Like I've but, got, uh, I've got some. Be. You just focus on other things. Yeah, I've got some, you know, some you know? family, you know, some family tragedies going on right now. But yeah, yeah, you, know? you got a lot. See, and I can relate that actually to fishing in the sense that, you know, how I always tell you, like, we get to the water, we see a really good spot, and it's like, you know, first thing, patience. Let's work this run from top to bottom or from inside to out, right? Versus going straight to the heart of the hole. Right, you start working it right at the edge because you never know. I mean, that you know, there might be a good fish that's just resting off of the edge of that current. You know, it's in the slow water, and if you just trudge through there, boom, you just blew your chance. You know, um, or let's say you get hung up on a tree, and instead of being patient, you know, putting down your rod, dropping your gear, going over and and untangling it, you try to get it loose, and then you break off your fly. Or there's a knot in your fly, your your tippet, and your you know the fish are feeding, and you're just like fuck it, you know I'm just gonna fish it like this, and you hook one, and then bam, snaps off, all that shit, you know, because you weren't, because you weren't, um, you know, essentially just you were rushing, yeah, uh, and there was really no reason. Like the positive is that you're out on the water, sit down, fucking retie your shit, so it's it's you know so it's good, check your knots, and then and then get after it. Yeah, I mean, you're. I, I like to refer to it as being offbeat, you know. Offbeat, um, yeah, that's a good. And I, I mean, I'm, you know, me. I, I've got like a soft side, you know. <laughs> I got my, I got my soft it's side. Somewhere so I'm in a, there. I'm a big yeah. fan of um, a river runs through it, right? Like I think, mm-hmm. I think, um, you know, yeah, it's it's the. I think it's just because you're infatuated with Brad. Pitt. I am. Yeah, I, I would fucking like. I I could never pull a handsome man like Brad Pitt. Man but, crush Monday. Yeah, you know, if I could. <laughs> Man Crush Monday. Let's start it. There it is, uh, boys. But yeah, I mean, I mean, him, him in the water with his fucking flannels on, man. It's just golly. It just makes me, I need makes to get me a flannel. Control. Cut off the sleeves oh, and it's then great. and then I'll catch your eye across. <laughs> across <laughs> <it>. <laughs> but, anyway, but anyway, yeah. So, um, I think like, you know, not to get too hippie on you, but um, yeah, I think everything in nature has has this sort of uh, balance and, um. Uh, like a, a natural beat to it and i mean you can tell you can tell when you're out in the water and you're gonna have days where you feel you, you feel like you're off beat you're out of touch with with what's going on and um that's when you you start rushing and you're you know tying on flies and you're popping them off left and right or you're uh you're getting frustrated because you're you know casting in the trees and 
um, you're putting wind knots in your leader because you're casting like a f- douchebag and, uh, you know, all kinds of craziness. And, um, there's days when you, you just feel in tune with it and everything slows down and you're, you, it's like the, the old like military saying like, you know, slow is smooth, smooth is fast. Um, and when you, when you hit that, you know it. And when you're off of it, you know it too. Um, and it's just a matter of having enough experience and, um, having enough, you know, I guess, you know, situational awareness to, to realize you're, you're not there. Yeah. Oh yeah, dude. I'm, I'm blending hippie and military terminology. The listeners need to put right that now. one in their kit bag. Yeah. The, uh, the slow, smooth and smooth is fast. There couldn't be anything closer to the truth because, you know, fly fishing is a very technical thing. Bow hunting is very technical. You know, any, any outdoor thing that you choose to do, you know, the hard version, I call it the hard version. You know, hunting with a rifle, I think, personally, is not fair, and it's easy. I don't hate people that do it. I just don't support it now that I'm a bow hunter. Uh, but, you know, it's all good. Uh, <laughs> I know I know How we're different, really that's, and that's and that's fine. Uh, but, you know, fly fishing, it's it's very technical compared to just, you know, casting out some bait and, and waiting for the fly and waiting for the fish to bite. Um, so you have to be... You have to be you have to do you have to be patient, just like you said. You have to be very, you know, if you make a bad cast, okay, figure it out. You know, go go get it. Take your time. Like the fish aren't going anywhere, but you always feel there's always that little bit of a rush. I don't know why. Yeah, there, uh, there, but there some, always is. There's some pressure. I think you, you, there's a little pressure, some... especially if I haven't caught anything. You know, yeah. uh, you start you start. Maybe you're an hour into it and you still haven't had really any good takes or, you know, any good rises or whatever. You're like, damn, like, is it me? Is it the fly? Is it the tippet too large? Is, you know, is, are the fish just not feeding? Am I not in the right hole? Like, all these questions and doubts start flooding your mind. And that's when you start rushing and you make bad decisions on the water, I think. And I, I personally have made those mis- mistakes. And like you said, just step back. Go back to the bank. Just get, you know, get out of the water. Get on the bank and just survey the situation and be like, what? What am I gonna do? You know? Yeah, oh yeah. Might just be adding might just be adding one one little weight, you know, to your to your dropper, you know, for your check setup, or it might just be I don't know, just just take it easy. Well and uh that kinda it kinda gets back to you know, what we've discussed. We've we've discussed it a lot because I think it's important. Um, yeah. You know, we we really are like big you know, big fans of being technical. And understanding everything that goes into your rig, you know, it's part of being a. I mean, I don't, I don't want to compare it to being like, say, a a gunsmith or you know, a, someone who who welds, someone who does a craft. Who well, that is very technical. It, though, it is on the on the hands-on side of it, things. It is, and, and what I'm getting at is, um, the more you understand everything that goes into your your rig and and what you're doing, I think the the more likely you are to um, make changes to it to experiment. Right. Um, and I've noticed that, you know, over the course of, I mean, it's been about nine years now that I've been really, really taking fly fishing seriously. Um, and it's been about what, f- four, five years since, you know, I've, I've kind of, I made a concerted effort to, to, uh, get, get very good at it and really learn everything there is to know about it, uh, which I don't know at all, but you know, I'm, I'm trying to, um, but I've noticed that when I would get frustrated when I was, you know, first starting to, to take it seriously, um, it was because I wasn't willing to change my stuff up, change my rig up because I wasn't confident in my ability to do it. 
Um, I mean, it would take me, you know, 15, 20 minutes to, you know, tie my leader back together or, you know, tie on new flies or um, change split shot, you know. Um, so I didn't want to do it. So I'm getting frustrated. I'm so frustrated. So frustrating. I was getting frustrated that I couldn't, you know, change split shot or change my fly because it would take me so long. So I would just keep fucking slapping the water and just, you know, um, just, you know, getting, getting lost in that. And now, I mean, it's like, oh yeah, I don't, I don't catch a, you know, I don't catch a fish for an hour. It's like, all right, take a step back. Like, let me check my, you know, oh, I'll just, I'll, I'll tie on smaller tippet. Let's start there. Uh, let me add, let me add some split shot on. Nope. Still nothing. Let me, let me change flies a little bit here. Um, let me change techniques. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll move a little bit. I got, I got confidence in this fly. I'll, I'll move, you know, maybe, maybe they're feeding in the riffles now, you know? Um, well, that's all stemmed from experience, right? Cause now you have the confidence, like you're saying to, to actually make the decision, you know, you can almost have a playbook, you know, like if I'm not catching fish with this current setup, what am I, what's A, B, and C look like as far as, you know, what are the first things I'm going to do? And I think you kind of almost develop that to each their own really on the water, you know, like for me, it might be adding split shot first for you. It might be switching your fly first, but whatever it is, you know, you're going to, you develop a certain level of confidence with that, with those steps, uh, to get you back, you know, where you think you're going to be to, to catch fish. Yeah. I mean, you, you fish long enough and you understand what, what you're trying to do on the water, you know, yep. like, are you, are you trying to, you know, to imitate a, a, a dry fly, a mayfly that's a spent mayfly that's just, you know, dead drifting on, on top of the water. You know, are you trying to imitate, you know, maybe a egg laying mayfly that's, you know, flittering off the, off the top of the water? You know, are you, are you giving it a twitch here and there? Are you roll casting and giving it a little, like, you know, little juice on the end? You know, are you, uh, um, Ooh, you're getting me fired up. Yeah, man. I mean, are you, are you fishing, you know, like a, uh, an emerger? That's, you know, mm-hmm. maybe you're, maybe you're giving it a little lift halfway through your, uh, your drift, you know, and, and letting it settle and giving it a twitch here and there on the, uh, um, the ass end of your drift. And, um, are you letting it swing in the water? You know, are you, are you looking to, to imitate, you know, maybe an ant falling in the water, um, on the bank or a grasshopper that's, you know, kind of just chilling like a, a back eddy. Um, are you trying to imitate like a, um, a dying bait fish? Or, you know, a bait fish that's fucking rocking and rolling, you know, like, what are you trying to do? Uh, well, there's so much. There's so much. I mean, I can just, I just but rattled that shit off and it's like. You did. Cause there, it's, you're, you hit it right on the, right on the nose. But the thing is, is like, that's all great. And you have to look at it from that perspective. Like, you know, you need to, you need to change it up, but guess what? You're changing it up based on stepping back, surveying what, what are the fish really doing? You have to ask yourself because. You you go into the day with a game plan, you know, probably your most confident setup, really, which is a split shot, you know, a double B split shot, your your go-to flies, you know, your go-to setup. But guess what? They might not be feeding like that by the time you get to the <laughs> They're river. probably not feeding they might like be, that. Yeah, they're probably not. They might be feeding on emergers, like, at the very top of the surface. Like you said, now you got to fish, you know, either a dry dropper or you got to be swinging it, you know, to catch those fish. But... If you're just rushing it and you're fishing and you're just getting frustrated, like, why am I not catching fish? It's because you didn't step back and actually look at what the fish are doing. Are they in the tail end of the run? Are they at the beginning of the run? You know, are they actually feeding or are they kind of just one-offsies, you know, coming up, onesie, twosies? There's so much to it. And that's that's where you start to develop. That's when you start learning a lot about yourself and you start learning how much you actually love fly fishing because that's the challenge. That's why we go, right? You're You're trying to catch a wild fish 
on, you know, a, a fly that you likely tied with thread, you know, a little bit of metal, uh, you know, maybe a bead here and there, some some feathers, and you just and and you're basically fooling a wild, yeah. You could use <laughs> Justin's chest hair or his beard hair is really My good for hair. like a, a caddis. Uh, it would be uh, perfect. Um, anyway, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Yeah, because it repels the. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> repels women. If we call it the Dirty Sanchez. <laughs> oh man, there's the new flight pattern, boys. Oh boy. Um, oh boy. But no, like in all seriousness, um, that again, that goes back to getting out of your comfort zone, you know, because if you if you keep throwing, you know, gas on fire, it's gonna keep getting bigger. It's not ever gonna go out, you know. It's just. It applies to every facet in life. Yep. It really does. Next thing Everything you know, you're you uh, you're running over a fly rod on purpose. You're running over you're running yep. over a fly rod, or you're at the gym and you hurt your shoulder because you keep doing the same fucking exercise that hurting your shoulder. Like if you, if your eye hurts, why would you keep poking yourself in the eye? It just does not make <laughs> sense. Because I like it. Well, and we're all guilty of it in <laughs> yeah. one way oh, or yeah. another, and that's the sad part, you know. Like we're humans. I mean, we're supposed to learn from our mistakes, but more often than not, you know, I repeat, I repeat plenty of mistakes. I'm like, God damn it! Oh yeah, not again. I'm stubborn. <laughs> like, how, how is this? Happen? What's that? I said I'm stubborn too, man. I, I can't, I can't tell yeah. you how many. Like, it's embarrassing how many fly rods I've broken on purpose because I was so frustrated. You know. Okay. Yeah. That's. Yeah. I mean, I've done it. I've slapped the water, broke the tip yep. off of my fly rod one time, and I, I haven't done it since. Uh, thankfully. But I, yeah, I, I had to make that mistake yeah. once or twice before I, I learned my lesson. Yeah, you, you'll make it once. If you're serious but about hey. fly fishing, you'll make it once. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Justin's an asshole. <laughs> to his fly rod. <laughs> I haven't done it in like it's eight like, years. Just don't so. treat me like that. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you treat your fly rod like that, you probably treat me like that. Yeah, yeah, no. for real. Just kidding. Anyway. Justin's a really nice guy, like you said. He's got a really soft side, so. So, speaking of treating my fly rods like shit, yeah, I'm taking my five weight out for some okay. salmon in October. That's right. Actually, you are. It's, it's about a month from now. Yeah, tell us about that. Yeah, so it's going to be, let's see, October 10th, 11th, 12th, and 13th. So, yeah. So oh, I mean, wow. Four days. Yeah, so we got one, dude, two. Nice. Three, yeah, three weeks, man. Um, yeah, dude, it's closing in. It is, so... Um, we're gonna go do, to start doing a little trip prep. Yeah, I I do. I actually need to um, yeah. trip prepped a lot. Um, that way, hey, this is a perfect example because then you won't because you're gonna get overwhelmed, of course, at the end. If you wait till the end, you're gonna be like, "Fuck, where's all my stuff? I don't have the right gear." But if you start now, you can at least work on it a little bit every day. That way, you feel prepared and ready to rock. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm feeling pretty good about my gear. Um, nice. What I'm not feeling very comfortable about is my fly selection. Um, mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm kicking around the idea of either, oh boy, yeah, making a, a very concerted effort, um, this weekend and the following weekend to tie a bunch of, uh, streamers. Say it, yep. say it, you dirty oh, dog. Sex I knew you were going to yeah, say it. I was sex, just waiting. Please do. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to, I think I'm going to try it. I'm going to try and tie a sex dungeon. Um, you're going to try, you're going to tie to tie a sex dungeon. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's no. late. It's late in Pennsylvania here. Right? I know it and is uh, late. It's going. You're lucky on I'm not like drunk. Ten, but uh, I know I am fortunate. Justin took a nap before this podcast. That's why he's in a good mood because he got some sleep. Yes, yeah, I'm in a very good mood. That's I was actually important. watching The Sinner. Um, oh, okay. Which is you know, is that a scary movie? No, it's not. It's actually a. It's like a suspenseful thriller series TV show with Jessica Biel. Okay, I never seen it. Yeah. It's, oh, nice. It's on Netflix. That's it's worth watching. Good. Yeah. Okay. Very good. 
But anyway, it's wonderful. about your streamers. Anyway, yeah, so uh, I think I'm going to tie a couple different types of streamers up, um, some you know different patterns. I'm going to tie... Maybe some big wet flies, too. I think those yes. are really good for salmon. Yes, some, you know, I mean, just some, I, I, what I think I can do is, you know, like the, your typical, what are they, what are they called? Like, you know, orange and, I, I can't even tell you what the name of it is. It's just a wet fly. It's like a super easy wet fly. Um, it's just literally just like thread, maybe some wire and a uh, soft tackle on the collar. Yeah, I mean, that's um, essentially what I'm talking about. It's a very basic fly. Yeah, I can't remember the name of it, but, um, you know, something very basic like that, maybe in like size 10. Um, yeah, you know, some, something along those lines, uh, just to kind of change it up a little bit, obviously, um, some squirmies. I think those are pretty solid. I mean, fuck you, Bryce. I love my squirmies. I'm beating my head on the mic I love, right I now. I love my squirmies. Don't you dare talk Mine's about this fish with bait. Don't you dare talk about my squirmies like that. I'll take any advantage I can get. All right. I have, I have zero pride. You're myself. better than that. All right. All right. Maybe, maybe I won't bring That's like deflate gate for Tom Brady. You know, it's like, come on. No, he he allegedly. Did. You know what no, I'm gonna do? You know what I'm gonna do just to piss you off? I'm gonna tie a bunch of mop flies. That's what I'm gonna do. Mop flies and green weenies. Yep, those are coming out. Um. Anyway, so I was rudely interrupted by the elitist over here. I hope you don't here. catch any fish on um, a green weenie or <laughs> whatever squirmy worm you throw at them, because that's just that's just wrong. I throw a squirmy all day. I'm just joking. I'm going to take a GoPro video and make you watch it over <laughs> and over and over I'm again. I'm going to make you watch it, yeah. you little bitch. Yeah, just watch <laughs> the pink neon bullshit just floating through the water. Oh, my God. Smacking I'll be salmon on their stomach. fucking you know, noses. Um, anyway, so I'm going to tie up a couple squirmies. Um <laughs> going to tie up some uh, um, some salmon eggs, some, you know, smaller. Uh, I mean, I guess I guess it would be like a size 18. Um I I mean brown trout eggs right like, um maybe even small. So, I, I, I don't know. I mean you you've used the trout beads before, right? For salmon. So okay, so yeah, this is actually this is a good um a good topic. So the trout beads are super effective, right? So if you haven't used trout beads before, you can buy them pretty much from any craft store, any fly shop. I mean you can you can choose your color. I like to choose. It's like a it's almost like a peach color. I forget the actual name of the bead, but. It's more complex than peach. Just a really good color for whatever reason. It's kind of neutral, so if it's a darker egg or a you lighter egg, you're kind of like... It's almost like the color salmon. I don't know about that. I think we're... But whatever. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to be smart. Anyway. Fucker. So, you, you put a little peg of plastic, right? So, obviously, the, the, the bead itself has a little... Um, a little hole, you slide it up the line, and then you, you put this little sliver of plastic, right? You cut it at an angle from both sides, so you can kind of wedge it down in there to keep it in place, right? And then, really, the tag end after the egg, you know what I'm talking about, right? It's just like little plastic tubing, and it fits just in that hole, almost like a toothpick, to keep it wedged, right? So, the, so that the, um, the egg doesn't move. And some people tie knots. But I think you're more susceptible to a break off, right? If you have the knots, mm -hmm. so you just wedge that little tubing. Again, you can buy that. The yeah, so shop. it's the um, the same tubing they use for like the little football um, indicators. You know, I've never used those, but yeah, I think yeah, exactly. They use a little. You just kind of like stuff it yeah. down in there. Yeah. Yeah. So you have to get the size or whatever, and they can help you with that. But uh, and then and then you have your tag, right? So your tag can be anywhere from like an inch to let's say two inches, and then that's where you tie your. Uh, it's usually a size. I usually fish a size twelve. I don't know about for salmon. You might want to go like a ten. 
uh, like you were saying. And then what you do is you almost want to snail hook, right? And then what you want to do is you want to take your uh, your hemos and you want to bend the hook slightly to the left or slightly to the right. And what that's going to do is it's going to offset, right? So when that when that fish bites the egg, you set the hook. It's going to pull the egg out of the mouth of the fish and it's going to hook the fish right in the corner of the mouth every time so that they don't actually swallow those eggs. And it's actually a lot safer for the fish and it's easier to release them at the end. And what it does by having that curve is you have a better hook set percentage because it's offset so that that shank of the hook is not hitting the fish's lip. It's straight, you know, the barb goes straight into the fish's mouth. If that kind of makes sense. I know it's hard to kind of vision verbally, but uh, essentially, you know, it's, it's like a slip, right? So you just pull it out of their mouth and then the hook, bam, catches them right in the lip. And Sean and I use that uh, in the spring in the spring, right? Cause when fish are on reds and stuff like that, well, the fit, the, the non, you know, the fish that are not on the reds will hang back maybe, I don't know, five, 10 feet, even further. And you just kind of work your way up and they'll, they'll crush eggs, especially the browns that aren't spawning or, you know, any, any, any fish species. And, uh, yeah, it's just, it's risky when you use the, the eggs with a hook in it because a lot of times they'll, they'll literally engulf the entire thing. And then, you know, you're basically cutting off your line. Uh, which is not good for the fish. So I would encourage you to try that. Yeah, I mean, I'd like to. Um, and then if, yeah, if I, I mean, could, play I'd, around with I'd, color uh, and I'd definitely be uh, definitely interested in infographic, you know, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe no. put it on paper for me, you know. Dumb yeah, down. I could put it on paper. I mean, I know you're a little slow, but <laughs> I'll draw it out like a, I don't know, maybe I'll use some crayon uh just to illustrate the complexity of what i was talking about just to dumb it down just a hair the i mean i, I would i would absolutely enjoy capital it. lettering um if you could send me the crayons so i can eat them afterwards that would be even better uh, well i can't do that because for one you're not a marine yeah true and two crayons are expensive these days those little those little kids you ever bought you ever bought a box of crayons i have shit's expensive I have, yeah, my little you girl. You bought them for your daughter. Yeah, she like tried to stick them up her nose. She's a savage. Yeah, I'm sure you did yeah. it. I'm sure, I'm sure you did worse things with crayons, but I ab- uh, absolutely, to, I absolutely you don't have did. To go there. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I think that's. And I'm 27. Uh, no, that's, that's an. <laughs> I'm 27. I think that's important for the listeners because a lot of people wonder, like, oh, you know, a lot of people don't fish eggs, or when they do, they're just like really not sure. And that I, I'm telling you. There's other ways, but that is the single most effective way that I have fished eggs, and I wouldn't I wouldn't gloat about something like that. Like I've tried it; it works. You just play with that that gap, right? That I was talking about that tag, uh, kind of like almost you know, with anything. You know, am I deep enough? Am I not? You know, just if you're getting bad hook sets, just shorten it. If you're not, then you know you're good to go. But super effective. Yeah, I mean, I that weekend's all about. You know, basically just trying shit out because uh, yeah, I've trial never, and error. yeah, I've never been salmon fishing. Um, I mean, I yeah. guess so. Kind of getting into another good point. I mean, obviously, I'm uh, a little, little underprepared, um, or I guess overmatched with uh, using a five weight. Um, but that's what I have. Um, so I guess if you, I mean, do you have any strategies? Cause I know what my strategy is going to be. Um, it's going to be matching the breaking strength of my rod. Um, taking it down about you know two steps and um, using that as my my main uh, um, leader, you know the, the the thickest part of my leader. Um, so I'm guessing probably about one x to two x um, for a five weight, um, so that you know if if I do get wrapped into a, a real big 
salmon that, you know, he just breaks me off before he breaks my rod and, you know, that whole deal. Um, I don't know if you, what's your opinion on that? I mean, is that a good strategy or? Um, no. So I, I think the strategy is good now putting it into action. I've never physically done that. Now I can offer this. I went salmon fishing up in Alaska at, um, at a lodge and, uh, the the person that we were with that owns a lodge their father-in-law uh would fish for king salmon on a on a fly rod and it was kind of unconventional in the sense that he would use like almost like a stick bobber okay. and he would kind of cast it out and then it would bob along and then basically these jigs are just tied straight it's just straight down and what it's doing it's basically just hitting these salmon in the nose because really they're not eating at that time right because they're essentially dying yeah yeah, they're, it's more. Um, they, it just pisses strike. them off. Yeah, it's an aggressive strike. Exactly. So this jig would just bounce along, and then bam. And I, th- I want to say he was using a nine or a ten weight. Um, so you're severely uh, under under gun. But I think the idea that the only the only risk you run really is a quick a quick. You know what I mean? Like when when that fish strikes and initially takes off, if it doesn't break right away, that could bend your rod in a in a, in a bad angle, um, and potentially you know maybe fracture a part of the the rod, but I think you're go. I think you're on the right track as far as, uh, using that tippet. And the good thing is, is like, you're not going to get into all, no, not all the salmon are going to be, I think adults, right? You, I think they're called Jake's, the smaller salmon. Mm-hmm. And those will run maybe like eight to 12 pounds, uh, maybe 15 pounds. So you're talking about, about the size of the redfish that I caught. And I used, I, I had a five weight reel and a, and a six weight rod. And, you know, the, the, the reel really didn't stop the fish, but it was manageable. I just let the fish take line. I reeled in a little bit. I let the fish take line. You know, I just, I played them and tired them out. Um, but again, I was using zero X. So if, if it did get to that point, it would have just broke. Now, if I use my actual leader that I have on my nine weight, that's 40 pound test, you know, to 30 pound test to 20 pound test. And now you're getting to the point where if you're using a five weight, that baby could, you know, snap. Yeah, I mean, and that's what I'm, that's what I'm thinking, man. Like, I I don't want to, I don't want to go, you know, that high. Yeah, I'd rather, well, I'd rather have them just, you know, break me off pretty easy, um, and just snap my line than obviously snap my rod, um, you know. But I mean, I was just planning on, you know, setting the, setting the drag pretty low, um, that allows them to to run pretty freely and using my hand yeah. to to handbrake a little bit, um. Yeah, and that's that's even if I end up hooking a salmon in the first place, but uh, sure. I don't want to put the uh, the horse before the cart. But yeah, I think it's important to think about that. You know, what the hell am I going to do? Because I mean, I I don't have the I don't have the money to to drop on like a you know nine weight right now, um, especially when I don't you know I'm not going salmon fishing you know every uh, every weekend or anything like that. I mean, you know the the rods that I have can kind of handle pretty much pretty much all the trout that I can get my hands on, you know, I mean, minus some, some big, big Browns. I mean, I'm not, I'm not bringing in a fucking 26 inch Brown on my, on my two weight, you know? know? Um, Well, I mean, the thing is, is like on those blue halo rods, those guys are catching carp on three weights. So it's, it's possible. I mean, you just have to, you know, you're experienced. I mean, you just have to play it, play the fish. I mean, a salmon obviously could potentially be way more, you know, fish than, than a carp, but carp, Carp or no slouch, uh, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, so I would, I would say you're good, man. I think, I think with a five weight, you can get it done. Let's just say that. Yeah, you it's know, possible. Is it ideal? No, but you can certainly get it yeah. done. I think. So it should be, right. should be really interesting. I mean, it really oh, should. Definitely. 
Uh, yeah, definitely. It might it might be the catalyst of me not only buying a uh, a nine way, but also having to buy a new five way. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was gonna <laughs> say. Knows? I was like, maybe it will break your five way, which is actually uh you know a godsend because you already have your check nymphing rod, you know your sweet syndicate, and then you know you do you really do need to get uh you know a bigger rod, and I I wouldn't even go with a six way. I'd go with like an eight or a nine way because. You can still throw streamers. I mean, you know, you can still use streamers and stuff on that, and then you can also come to the salt and do that. Um, no, I unfortunately I bought a six weight, which it's a good rod, and it's you know it's a medium rod for streamers and stuff. But you know, if I'm chasing big fish with mouse patterns and stuff, I'm probably just gonna use that nine weight, just like I'm gonna use it for you know any any salt related fishing as well. Yeah, I mean, definitely be an investment, you know. Um, oh, it will something be, that yeah. But, I, dude, roll with the five and, and hang on. Yeah, ex- exactly. Uh, I, I think it's going to be fun regardless. And, yeah, I'll be, I'll be liquored up, and it's going to be fun no matter what. Um, <laughs> liquored up? Yeah. No, not you. No, never. Um, Just, yeah, a camelback full of bats. <laughs> <laughs> That's We've actually not a bad idea. We do that, and we never have, which is slightly disappointing. We always carry all those beers in our pack, and we never, like, why don't we just dump them into our camelback. Well, I, I think, um, at least from personal experience, like, beer kind of ruins the camelback. Like, yeah, I know, but we get, like, I mean, I have, like, four of those fuckers sitting in my, uh, sitting in my tough box. Yeah, true, but, I mean, I'm just saying, like, I guess, I'll I guess you if one. you ran, we'll if you ran that, uh, um, that cleaning solution marathons. they have. What else do you need your, your, uh, camelback for? Yeah, it's true. Actually, <laughs> I mean, at least it's actually, going I to told you this story. Of the time I got yeah. stranded on top of, yeah, you did. The mount- yeah, thankfully you had that <laughs> in the Nantahala River Gorge. Yeah, I don't know why you were hiking up oh. a mountain at like dusk. Oh, not smart. That was brutal. Yeah, great country. Yeah, but I drank not a smart. I drank too. four Camelbacks in a matter Jesus. of like three hours. Yeah, dude, it was uphill, both ways. Both ways. Both ways. <laughs> I was. I knew that I was. Coming. I was so disgustingly just like tired and i mean like i've i've that point where like you can't even raise your arms or just like yeah floppy. no i mean it was it was so bad i mean like it was maybe like 40 degrees out you know so i had like a, i had like a flannel on and i had jeans boot. you had your shirt off at one point Dude, didn't you i had my shirt off 99 percent of that hike i got up i don't know maybe let's go maybe three or four hundred <laughs> feet up this trail and i was like fuck this the shirt's coming off so it's like oh, forty yeah. degrees. Bring the guns out, boys. Yeah. The the nips are cutting diamonds. <laughs> I mean, but like I was so hot, dude. I I was sweating the entire time. My jeans were soaked. Jeez. It was insane. But yeah, I mean, I'll I'll tell you what. I'm glad I had that camel back, and I'm glad I had my uh my freaking water filter because yeah. I would have been yeah your water filter yeah, clutch like legit like I understand now how like people died people up die up there because yeah. they're so unprepared. And like I when when I when I did that I was in I was in great shape, you know I was I I could fucking drink all night and get up and run ten miles the next day, and be fine. And I'll tell you what, man, like that shit, it put the scare in me. Because I really had to do some surviving up there, I really did, man. Like sitting there for two hours, just freaking refilling Camelbacks with filtered water so I could suck them down just so that I could stop cramping to crawl back down the mountain, you know? Well, I'm glad you made it back. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. What I'm not happy about is that he's not lying about the whole, like, 10 miles thing after he's drank all night because 
right after I got back from deployment, my first trip was to fish with Justin um, in Bryson City, North Carolina. And what did we do? We drank at night and we got up and we went on the most strenuous excursion, I would call it, right? Which we get, I think we talked about it in episode one or two, uh, or maybe both. But he was just humping it. I mean, he was going up and down these hills and I was just like, yo, like I just got back from deployment. Like (laughs) I was not, I was in pretty good shape, but like I hadn't run that much and I was dying. Like (laughs) I was like laying on rocks, casting my rod. Like that's probably why all that happened because I was just so tired. Well, I'll I'll tell you what the, the worst part was. I mean, we, and this is coming from the guys who, I mean, we, we know how to survive, you know out in the wilderness for for a minute we're basically like bear grills yeah, like but bear grills like, only only cuter but and not funnier <laughs> more charming more charming yeah better game yeah. um no so we rolled out there thinking oh like this this creek is you know maybe a mile up the trail can't be that bad right Wrong. none of us i mean and i'm an art i'm an artilleryman i was a fucking ford observer I didn't look at the map at all. I I didn't notice the contour lines that there was like a 4,000 foot change in elevation. Um, So we get up there and like, we didn't, we didn't really eat breakfast because we were so excited to go fish and we're like both pretty hungover. I think we might've had two or three beers for breakfast, um, which is stupid. Yeah, for sure on our way up. Um, Yeah. Cause we were just like, Oh, we're having a good time. Like it's going to be an easy day on the water. Um, No. No, it wasn't. We had like half a flask of wild turkey and maybe like three beers a piece, and that was it. No water. And no not, food. No water at all. At all. That no, was not a drop. Not a single drop. That was so dumb. Um, but yeah, I mean, we we hiked our asses all the way up there, and we're like halfway up. We're like, bro, this is bad. Like, <laughs> we're we're gonna have to turn around. But we no, we could, but we couldn't. But we could because. We weren't next to the river. We kept looking at the map, and it's like we would dip kind of close, and then we couldn't get down to it. And we're like, oh, let's just go around the next bend. Let's just go to the next bend. And before you know it, we've gone like four miles. And I'm like, dude, we you know, we, we had to really sit down. Luckily, you downloaded that map on your phone because we didn't have service. I did like the one downloadable thing good. Map, and we were able to find that stretch that was right next to the trail. And that's where we uh, we ultimately hopped in and, you know, turned out to be a great day. But holy hell yeah that was, could have been so bad so yeah justin's not joking he he just goes man you're like oh, i was i was i was dying like my feet hurt so bad i mean because we weren't we didn't pack our gear you know like we were in well we were wet waiting but we had our waiting boots on and you know mine are fairly comfortable but they're not hiking boots yeah i mean <laughs> you know? that's, that's the thing it's like, you're it's like running a marathon in snowshoes yeah or <laughs> combat not boots ideal. it's or combat it's boots. stupid yeah yeah, so yeah, so I mean, fun. that's yeah, that was that was bad. <laughs> We're kind of both sick in that in that way that like we get pleasure out of like suffering almost. I mean, it makes it yeah. it makes it more worth it. I mean, it's better. It makes it special. You know? it makes it memorable. Like yeah, like I mean, the, the stories the stories we mm-hmm. have, you know, it's, it's like yeah. if we if we were perfect, we'd never have that. It'd be like boring as shit, and no one would want to hang out Maybe. with us. You know, Maybe pretty no boring. one wants to hang out yeah. with us anyway. But now, yeah, you know. exactly. Is but I'll hang out with you, you know. We're only yeah yeah oh cool. Uh, well you got you got a friend in me. So, <laughs> the Toy Story reference. Yeah, hey, let's start singing. Yeah, you got a friend <laughs> in me. <laughs> oh yeah. 
I'm going American Idol. You should. Like, Use this as your audition American tape. Idol for like, like the worst singer wins, I'm in. Yeah, you got it. Call, call on me, coach. Put me Y'all in. start swing, singing some Queen, you know, some Freddie Mercury. I could do that. Oh, yeah. I can get up there. I wonder what's going on with the game. So the Monday Night Football is going on right now. Yeah, I, I bet you the Seahawks and the Bears, I bet it's pretty close. I don't know. I needed... I needed 40 points between Russell Wilson and Tariq Cohen to pull the that's uh, doable. pull the W out here and uh that's a that's a that's a tall order but not out of the question. Yeah, no, considering uh it's midway through the third and Russell Wilson has 3.7 points and Oh, that's not Tariq good. Cohen What's the score? has 3.4 points. So Not good. I think the yeah, score is let me, uh, let me pull it up here. It's 10 So I got 10-3 really bears. lucky in fantasy. 10-3 Bears, huh? Yeah. Good for them. No, I started out the season one and zero, I put up 165 yeah. points in my uh, in your debut in my debut, and then completely shit the bed tonight or this weekend. Wow! Yeah, Gronk. So Gronk put up 3.5 points for me, which was uh underwhelming. That's pitiful. Yeah, they played so bad. Yeah. And then uh, Tariq Cohen obviously blows. Deion Lewis did nothing. Michael Thomas did well. Dude, so did Michael DeAndre Thomas, Hopkins. That's but. I got Michael Thomas. He's been playing real yeah. good. Dude, I had Kirk Cousins. He had 52 points for me. Oh, gross. Four gross. touchdowns, like 480 yards. I was like, Captain Kirk. God, everybody <laughs> was bitching at me for drafting Captain Kirk because I spent like 30-some 30, 30 dollars on him You know, in my auction draft. You only get $200. And I was like, fuck it, dude. I think he's going to be great. Like They got a great offense, great defense. Kirk's a good quarterback. He just didn't have anything in Washington. Yeah. So, and I mean, not that he's going to score 52 every week, but I'm liking what I'm seeing. I mean, you know, it's bad when like my kicker is outscoring, outscoring <laughs> your well, QB. He's, he's the third highest scorer on my team this week. Yeah. That's like Robbie, that's Robbie you know. fucking gold put up more points than Jarvis Landry <laughs> did. Yeah. That's pathetic. Like, come on that's guys. What, I mean, you just have weeks like that. Like, fantasy's all yeah. luck, man. It really is. Like, I mean, you want to be consistent, but it really is lucky. Like, injuries and all that other BS. So. I hate my well, running backs, though. That's, your running that's backs? Yeah, I mean, I is it, I did that I whole uh, um, no running back strategy this year. Oh, wow. So, I took. Yeah, I was. Uh, Let's see how that pays off for him, Cotton. Yeah, it was a bold strategy. Um, so, yeah. I was uh, ninth. I was the ninth pick this year. In a, a ten-person draft, so Yuck. I knew I wasn't going to get a decent running back, so I went with or anyone decent. Yeah, really. anybody decent, really. But I got lucky and ended up picking up DeAndre Hopkins and Michael Thomas back to back instead of you know picking one up and then going for a you know a mid mid-level running back or something. Um, so I got him, yeah. and then instead of picking up a running back in the third round, I went for Gronk, and then. I think I I picked up Russell Wilson in the fourth round, and then I went for running backs. But I went for running backs. Gronk will pay off for you, though. I he'll, think he'll, so. He'll pick it up. I think yeah, so. He's o- he always produces. I went for running backs. I don't know, backs man. Running backs are huge, but maybe you can pick up some good ones in, uh, in, on waivers. Yeah, I mean, I have I have Belial Powell. Um, okay. That, I mean, did well this, this week. But, um, you know, I was going for running backs that, you know, catch catch a lot of balls out of the backfield and, you know, can break some big plays. Um, just because it's a it's a PPR league, you know. So yeah, I'm um, trying to trying to pick up points with receptions and you know yards after yards after carry some yak yardage. So 
Dude, I, don't I know. snagged Saquon. Did you really? I did. Jesus. I spent I spent a hefty load on him, but dude, so when you do an auction draft, you can keep the you can keep your entire team from year to year if you really want to. Like you have to, you can keep all your players as as long as you pay the current value for that player. So like when you're drafting, it's not like your normal PPR league where you have, you know, first pick, second pick, third pick. A player just comes up, you bid on him and the highest bidder gets the player. And you get a $200 budget, you know, fake money essentially for for the draft. And you have to draft all your all your positions so like three QBs, two kickers, two Ds, you know. It, it's a really fun format. And so like when he came up, I was like, dude, you, you have to pick your players on who you're going to spend a bunch of dough on because, you know, for longevity purposes, yeah, it's his first year. Yeah, no, he hadn't taken any snaps yet, but, like, he crushed it in college. So did Zeke. I think he's going to be a lot like Zeke. And so I was like, well, I think he's going to pay off big in, in the long run, but he's also going to help. You know, he's going to be a stable, you know, running back at least this season as well. So you kind of have to look at it like that. But um, it's fun, man. Uh, maybe – yeah, I could, you know, we can get into it more, but yeah, auction drafts, good time. Oh yeah, I mean, we could, uh, we could change this into a fantasy football podcast. We could, for a yeah, minute. we could, we could. Just, we're not gonna yeah, do we it could just, uh, We're not yeah, gonna do no, it. We're just, not. we're just joshing. We're already an hour and eight minutes into this party, yeah. folks, and we're about to close this place. Yeah, down. Justin needs to go to sleep. I need to get my beauty. Justin rest. needs to go to sleep. I need to eat some dinner and some dinner, some dinner, some dinner, and and hit the hay. Oh yeah, hit the hay. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little jealous. It's only nine fifteen. In in Don't old Louisiana, je- fuck you. Yeah, and then I'm jealous of fucking the people in Mountain Time. It's only eight twenty, and I'm jealous of the Pacific guys. It's only seven. Yeah, those you losers. Know, we can go on and on about. They get this. to go. They get to go watch college football at like nine o'clock in the morning. I know. Do they wake up and they're making their morning coffee and some eggs and whatever? Yeah, else? they're watching like, Northwestern. Football's already on. It's like you can't beat the shit. Yeah, you just can't. It's great. But I get to watch so. Pac-12 after dark, and that's fun, dude. I don't know how you stay up for for games. Like, if you're an East Coast person, like you can't be a sports fan and have it have a day job. You just can't. Well, I told you, like one of my one of my favorite favorite things to do is be out at a bar on like a Saturday night and just be like, you know, buzzing, like getting a good buzz. Like it's like midnight, you know, people are like, you know, buzzing around you, talking, bullshitting, and you can just freaking watch Pac-12 bullshit. Until like two in the morning, and it's amazing. It's so good. It is. It's good. a great. It's a great, great part of life. And if you haven't experienced it, go out to a Do bar it. on Saturday night and watch some Pac-12 football action after eleven o'clock. And I guarantee you, you're gonna have a good time. That's one of the uh, believe in something or sacrifice everything or whatever. Yeah, whatever we're doing right now. With, I'm I'm a fucking pro at. You know this. Just do it. Like Just it's do simple. It. Yeah. I'm going to put your face on that. Make a meme. Yeah, don't do that. Don't do yeah. that. I don't okay, want my crew to find that one out. That'll be my blog post. It'll be your <laughs> face. And then it'll be... Just do it'll it. It'll be with that headline and then nothing in the body. It'll just be blank. Just just a close-up of my <laughs> like you know my yeah, eyes. Of your mustache. Yeah, my mustache. Ooh, even better, my mustache. Make sure you get my eyelashes in there, too. I hear they're pretty good. I'm sure they are. I just have to. I would have to get like a side pick. You need to. A side pick from your. S- I've been. I've been told I'm the songbird of my generation. Oh, the songbird, yeah. huh? That's, you do that's play a Step Brothers reference. You get that one? I've yeah. I've never heard you play the guitar. You dirty dog. Yeah, well, like I we have, we've gone fishing and like we've had camp. Actually, have we had a successful campfire? 
No. I don't think... <laughs> no. Dude, we're awful at that. <laughs> we're so bad. Remember, we spent like uh. two hours our first trip to the Holston, and we could not get that goddamn fire started. It had... Okay, in our defense, it had rain for like, I don't know what, four hours. I don't know why we thought it would start. We needed... It was like raining all day. Gas. Yeah, we needed like a tank yeah. of gas. Great day of fishing. But poor, poor conditions to be starting a fire. Yeah. And I want to say we tried again... We tried again uh, at the spot we camped over um, by Deep Creek, and we didn't get it started either. Yeah, we didn't really ha- I mean, it, to be fair, it was pretty damp then, too. It was. Yeah. Yeah, we didn't choose and We didn't really have any firewood, but to be honest Anyway, with you. next time we have a legit fire pit and we have, like, some beers, you got to pull out the, the banjo and give me a couple str- strings, a couple yeah, strums maybe. of this. Maybe. Of the banjo. I get I get pretty nervous, you know. I, like I reserve that be? for like, you know. You wouldn't be nervous after like s- six. Beers well, that's what I'm a, saying. I need I need like wild turkey poles. Yeah, I need, I need some I need some alcohol in me. I need like <laughs> six beers and I need like a good looking woman. So slap a wig oh, well. on you, and we'll be yeah, good to you're, go. <laughs> you're uh, you're out of luck. <laughs> <laughs> you're out of luck. I mean, I got some decent pecs, but they're not like they're probably still yeah. Just wear just wear the V neck and. You know, yeah, we'll, I'll bring a wig and we'll get real weird with it. Yeah, that's yeah. fine as long as yeah we don't have any Cause campers. Because you, you know you want to hear some uh, wagon wheel because that's all I got. Rock me, mama, <laughs> like a wagon. Oh, we got song Rock number two. Me, mama, any way you feel. Hey. Yeah, let's sing mama it. Rock sing me. it. Dude, I love that song. Darius Rucker sings that pretty oh, good. Oh, it's fantastic. Because the original was uh, who? Old Crow Medicine Show. Yeah, there we go. See, you're you're a you're a uh, music follower. I know that. Yeah, I got a little bit. I, I got, I I got, got some, a little bit in the back of I that. Got some uh, knowledge underneath the you know the old collar. Like <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right. Well, we're an hour and twelve minutes into this fun, fun, fantastic evening, and I think we're gonna wrap it up. Right on, man. Uh, that way we can be worth a damn tomorrow. Yeah, I mean that's not gonna happen anyway. Yeah, but it was good uh, Good catching up for sure, and uh, we will likely try to have a guest for our next one, pending, uh, pending our lives don't completely uh, obli- obliterate yeah, and unravel pieces of sh- shit. <laughs> <laughs> Eloquent. <laughs> well put. Yeah, that was bad, but I mean, better blunt than, than not. Right on. And on that note, we're going to get going. On that note, we're signing off. (laughs) All right. Anyway, man, it's good chatting. And uh, yeah, I'll talk to you soon. All right, brother. All right. See ya.